Welcome to the Under Grace Podcast. This podcast covers everything of how Jesus Christ, Yeshua, God, or Jehovah relates to us. God represents all things holy, pure, righteous, just, praiseworthy. The list goes on and on. Every human is a sinner. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. However, the story doesn't end there. Romans 6.14 says, For sin will have no dominion over you, since you are not under law, but under grace. Grace is undeserved, God-given help, offered to everybody for our renewal or purification or forgiveness. Still with me here? Great. Get ready to sit back and enjoy God's grace. Welcome to episode 17 in the Undergrace podcast. This episode is named Levels of Fellowship in Men. Humans are very social creatures. We need interaction with others in order to thrive, survive, improve our ideas, and become better, more rounded people. Fellowship is defined as the companionship of individuals in a congenial atmosphere and on equal terms. A close association of friends or equals who share similar interests. Could you live your whole life alone without any interaction with another person? Think about Will Smith in the movie, I Am Legend. Before those two people showed up in his life towards the end, it was just him and his dog. It is true that you do need alone time to regroup and reflect on yourself, but you also need other people. Two are better than one. You might have heard that expression. That's why God invented marriage to allow more than one person to go through life together, to compliment you, to sometimes correct you, to support you, guide you, to be guided by you. There are so many more benefits to being in fellowship with another person or people than by being alone. I'm a guy, so I will attempt to define women and their friendships. Here I go. Women are very community-oriented creatures. They thrive on being with one another. They almost need it as much as they need oxygen. A while back, my daughter became friends with the next-door neighbor girl. After knowing each other for just 30 minutes, they were eating together, painting their fingernails together, sharing toys, and laughing. You would have thought that they had known each other for years. However, they had just met. After a few minutes, they had already planned several sleepovers. However, you won't see that with boys. Here's the interaction my son had with his friend. My son and his friend can spend hours going over the game of Minecraft. They give one another ideas. They share stories about how they planted some wheat and made bread with it. They warn each other about zombies, endermen, etc. There's never any mention of what color their fingernails are. They don't talk about their favorite Disney character. They simply stick to the facts and things that interest them. Men are very similar. This is one of the attributes that separates us from women. We are almost the polar opposite regarding friendships and relationships. Men are natural loners. We like time by ourselves. We're natural thinkers. It takes a while for us to give our opinions and talk about our feelings. We're natural liars. We like to protect ourselves from probing and inquisitive outsiders. We're natural judges. We like to look at other people and compare them when we should instead be looking within. But we are natural strong men. Inside every man is a William Wallace waiting to emerge. With some men, it already has. With others, 
It just takes some coaxing and exploration to find him. All these attributes don't make men wrong. It just makes us different. Consider these lyrics by Paul Simon from I Am A Rock. I've built walls, a fortress deep and mighty, that no one may penetrate. I have no need of friendship. Friendship causes pain. It's laughter and it's loving I disdain. I am a rock. I am an island. Paul Simon defines what a lot of men think. We're mighty enough to not need friendships. If we take on a few friends, that's fine, but we tend to shy away from groups or organizations where we have to be transparent and reveal our feelings. That's very true. It's hard to open yourself up to others. Many people have struggles, temptations, failures, and disappointments we like to keep bottled up inside. We don't like to allow anyone to see our inner heart for fear of exposure and embarrassment. Here's a quote I ran across once. I'm a broken soul. I'm an open book with many torn out pages. And I walk through fire, but I thirst for truth for what I've never tasted. If you ask anyone if they want to continue to live a life like that, their honest answer will be no. The hardest decision to make is to take that first step in faith to open yourself up to someone else about all that is inside of you. That is why so many people are hurting. They don't have the courage to give it all up and see if someone else may be able to help them. This episode is coming from a guy's perspective, so I'll remain on that level. If you want a woman's perspective on their levels of friendship and fellowship, you'll find them much more different. There are four levels of fellowship that every person should be involved in. Number one, corporate. Two, small groups. Three, person to person or one-on-one. -on -one. And four, person to God or alone time. Even if you're not a believer and follower of Jesus, often known as a Christian, you will need some form of these four fellowships. And now, a word from our sponsor. We all depend on our cell phones, laptops, tablets, computers, and other devices. They are the lifeblood of a business. They store priceless information. They help us with school assignments. They keep us in touch with friends and loved ones. They keep us on time to appointments or remind us of important dates. One of the most frustrating and sometimes devastating things is when one of your devices doesn't function as well anymore or even completely stops working. This is where Integrity Device Repair comes to the rescue. Integrity Device Repair is a concierge device repair company that can set up and fix your smartphone, tablet, Mac or PC, smartwatch, gaming console or music player, and help you master it. They can help in selected stores or over the phone. Their down-to-earth and professional technicians will physically meet you anywhere in the state of Colorado, whether it be where you work or live. Pick a location and they'll be there, rain, snow or shine. Are you outside of Colorado? No problem. Simply mail your device in and Integrity Device Repair will take care of it. Cracked screens, water damage, speaker issues, no signal, device rebuilds, or battery issues. No job is too difficult for Integrity Device Repair. Do you need a new case for your cell phone, a flash drive, a Bluetooth headset, the latest laptop or cellular device? Integrity Device Repair offers competitive prices for all these as well. Contact Integrity Device Repair at idrtech.us. That's idrtech.us. They have the highest ratings on Google and many satisfied customer testimonial. As a promotional opportunity, exclusively for listeners of this podcast, enter the word UNDRGRCE in all caps into the message section under customer support and receive a 10% discount on your purchase. Try Integrity Device Repair and they will live up to their honest reputation with their fair pricing and flexible schedule. Integrity Device Repair. They can fix it almost as fast as you can break it.
Let's talk about corporate fellowship. This is the kind of fellowship that most Christian men are already involved in. The best example of this happens once a week on either Saturday or Sunday. It's called church. Now, the church isn't an actual building. It's the entire body of Christ, the people of Christ throughout the world, also known as the bride of Christ. However, in this case, church is when fellow believers and followers of Christ, and some who are still searching, come together once a week in a building, or sometimes outside. They usually sing some worship songs, and a pastor will speak for 45 minutes or so. If you don't attend a church, have you ever been to a sports game? Have you ever attended a business gathering, a political rally? All these have the similar effect that church has on Christians. This kind of fellowship is very necessary for both men and women. There's something about being in the same area with others who believe just like you do, who are rooting for the same team, whose ideas are in sync with one another, whose minds are going in the same direction. You might arrive at a church or a business gathering feeling weak or iffy about certain ideas. All it takes is to feel the oneness and energy pulsating through the group, and you feel more driven more compelled, more equipped, passionate. It refreshes your spirit or maybe your drive to become a better Christian, a better employee, or go buy a team jersey. Corporate fellowship is necessary for those who need direction about their beliefs, their performance, or simply need to be a part of something that is greater than themselves. It's easy to be part of this type of fellowship. It usually doesn't require any involvement other than being a face in the crowd or taking up a seat. There might be some singing or chanting or note-taking involved, but everybody does it. That's what makes it easy. Corporate fellowship is as far as most men go. They feel comfortable with being a face in the crowd at church. They go to a mega church so they don't have to be remembered by anybody, or so they can brag to their friends about how big their sanctuary is. In their Christian walk, the only free time they give God is about one hour per week at church. The hard part comes with going beyond church and giving more of their time to their creator. Small group fellowship. This is the first step towards opening oneself up. Many men yearn to be a part of a small group and feel the satisfaction that they can give back and contribute or serve. A lot of churches have what they call small groups or life groups. These are small gatherings of like-minded people made up of about 20 or fewer souls. Some of these groups target young married couples, young parents, college-age 20-somethings, career singles, retired folks, empty nesters, and the list goes on. These small group fellowships can also be a hobby group, a volleyball team, a cycling group, a hiking group, or a bunch of guys going fishing. It is anything that grabs the attention of up to 20 people where they can share ideas, enjoy one another's company, encourage each other, teach one another, or just be in the vicinity with someone who supports them. It is easy to be part of a Sunday school or small group with your spouse. You go as a team. Sure, you have your ideas, but your existence as a couple is mostly together and as the same mind. The tough part is to join a small group by yourself, a men's Bible study, or in a group where others view you solely on your own ideas the experiences that come from your own wisdom. You don't have someone beside you who knows you through and through. There is no one next to you like your spouse who can complete your idea or build on it. Everything is based on you and your character. 
When I was married, I was part of a married couple's class at church. I felt strong and well-balanced when I was with my wife. As a couple, we represented our household. I was never a part of a guy's fellowship when I was married. It didn't scare me, it just never came to my mind. I was always busy trying to enrich my marriage that I never really thought about enriching myself. My character was based on my marriage. Sure, I could function on my own, but the sole survival of my character was based on my marriage. When I first began attending a guy's Sunday school when I was single, I was fine, until I was asked to speak. I was very introverted and was not used to speaking in groups larger than two. I clammed up, I fidgeted, and muttered a few general cliches in response. Since then, I have changed a lot. I began attending a group of Christian men called the Samson Society. Samson Society was unlike any Christian men's group I had ever attended. It was very structured. Each meeting consisted of reading the charter that is further broken down into the fact, the path, and the pact. It clearly defines what the Samson Society believes. They are an extension of the church universal. They are a company of Christian men whose purpose is to assist one another in their common journey. They share honestly from their life's experience the challenges and encouragements of living in a fallen world. They meet together not for Bible study, but simply to talk. After a topic is chosen, each guy has the floor for about five minutes and can discuss whatever topic or anything that's commanding their attention at the time. He has the floor, and no one else can engage him or ask questions during this time. Usually the guys talk about their week, what they're struggling with, victories they've experienced, or something profound they want to share. I started attending Samson meetings in 2013. It was very eye-opening, inspirational, and beneficial for me. I gained insight that I would never have otherwise. I grew in my Christian walk by hearing stories and reflections by other Christian brothers, and I felt closer to other men in a way that I'd never had before. If you haven't already, I strongly encourage you to start attending a small group. If you already do with your spouse, that's great. However, I urge you to attend a group where you are alone with other guys. And I say guys because a singles group usually has a mix of genders. There is nothing like being in a room with other men and hearing their stories, encouragements, struggles, victories, and wisdom. I always feel like I've gained an extra bit of knowledge or wisdom after being with other Christian men, where we open up and expose our hearts. One of the most profound quotes I've ever heard is, Where there are secrets, there are lies. There is nothing more amazing than opening yourself up to other trusting guys and revealing things that you have only kept to yourself. The healing and growing process that comes afterwards is so profound. Person-to-person -person fellowship. The next level of fellowship is person-to-person. -person. This is simply a one-on-one -on -one meeting. In the Samson Society, they call this the Silas relationship. You might have heard of Paul and Silas in the Bible. They were early Christian missionaries who proclaimed the gospel to the Gentiles in southern Europe and the Middle East. They went out together as a pair instead of by themselves. This made them stronger and more powerful. They were able to keep one another liable and accountable. Their actions were more justifiable as a team rather than independently. In Mark 6 verse 7, Jesus sent the apostles out to the villages two by two. One of the reasons for this was the Jewish tradition of having two witnesses. The Old Testament law, 
Deuteronomy 1915, ordered that there had to be at least two witnesses to accuse someone of a crime. In Jesus' time, this old rule was also a very practical conception that two eyewitnesses were more dependable than just one. So when Jesus' disciples went out in twos, they brought with them a much more credible presence than if they had been alone. One serious problem is the friendliness condition of the average American male. Men find it hard to accept that they need the fellowship of other men. A quote from David W. Smith. Another reason Jesus sent out his disciples this way could have been the perception that two people working in sync toward the same goal carried more power and could persuade people more strongly. This coordination isn't only successful, but it continues God's commandment in the Old Testament in the new covenant Jesus introduced. You might be asking, how can you do this today? Well, you don't have to go door to door with another guy and witness for the gospel, although there's nothing wrong with that. This can be done at a local coffee shop or a lunch meeting. Think of a guy you were closest to, someone who you have the deepest connection with. They should be someone of strong moral character who will not cause you to fall or stumble in your faith. They should be of equal or higher maturity level in their walk with Christ than you. With your willingness and their strength of faith, you too will make a great team. What if you don't have someone like this? Well, get plugged into a small group and I'm sure you'll meet someone within the first few meetings. Meet with this guy on a weekly basis. Sometimes you might have an in-depth theological discussion, while other times you might simply talk about your family or a difficulty you're going through. The Samson Society defines a Silas as a trustworthy companion for a season. Your Silas should encourage you to develop the daily disciplines of prayer, study, and self-examination. You abandon self-help and instead look to others and God to do for you what you can't do for yourself. So with that ammunition, go out and find another guy who fits this description and together you'll sharpen one another's character, walk with Christ, and you'll become a better, more well-rounded person. Person to God Fellowship or Alone Time Everybody needs some alone time. This includes me. They need to diffuse and block out all the interruptions and distractions of their day. This is more easily said than done, especially with parents of young kids. I know. It doesn't take very long, just about 15 to 20 minutes of your day. Pick a time and a place. It could be your living room, your bedroom, or a walk outside. Give that entire time to be by yourself without any other person diverting your attention. Sometimes I listen to worship music, or I just walk alone silently. I meditate on God and feel entirely alone with just the two of us. Sometimes I want to be alone and I end up reflecting about my life. Then it turns into a thanking God session. I think it's so amazing that the creator of the entire vast universe wants to spend one-on-one -on -one time with little old me. I am humbled that he is capable of doing that with anyone on earth who is willing to offer their time to him. Some people do this one-on-one -on -one time in their car on their way to work. Some do it as soon as they wake up. Others do it while they work out. Despite what method you use, always remember one thing. Don't only put God first in your day. Make him the center of your day. So many times people say a prayer at breakfast or they'll do their daily one-page devotional. Then they have God crossed off their list and they go about doing their other things. Instead of simply crossing God off your list, 
do that daily alone, one-on-one time with him, but also constantly include him in your day. Be in a constant state of thankfulness and praise. Thank God for the rain. Thank him for the beautiful sunset. You can even thank him for giving you that parking spot up front. Be grateful for every small aspect of your day. Ask God for guidance and wisdom in your decisions. Pray for his strength when you feel weak and powerless. Take time to spend with yourself and your creator, and you will start to see the other layers of your life improve. As I stated in the beginning of this episode, if you practice all four of these fellowships, you will be a more versatile, flexible, adaptable, resourceful, and well-rounded person. People will flock to you and wonder what your secret is. All you have to do is smile, wink, and tell them to listen to this podcast. Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Under Grace Podcast. If you have any questions, ideas for future episodes, or would like to drop me a line, please email me at theundergracepodcast at gmail.com. You can also find me on Instagram at undergracepodcast and Twitter at ugpodcast316. Now go forth and live your lives under God's never-ending grace. Grace.